With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to, I think it is, episode 17 of the Oilfield Index. I'm Hatem, and with me as usual is Sami and Kareem, and we also have a special guest, Safe. So, no, it's... he's not a special guest. He's a, he's a new team member. He's a new signing. Yes. Okay. He's, he's our new to, here to stay. He's, he's the navigator of the Oilfield Index. He's going to be our box of energy. So, as, um, just before the European transfer deadline... Is over. We've just signed a, a big player from uh, outside of Europe. I'm going to have to play along with that. But anyway, it's been yeah. almost a year since we had a podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh. Lots happened in the year. Uh, you reminded me of European Cup final defeat, World Cup humiliation for Egypt, World Cup success for England. How have you guys spent the last seven, eight months since we last talked? And Yasmin's been to, to the toilet. And Yasmin's done a number one. And she won't flush because it won't appear too loud on the noise. Great. (laughs) See, guys, you've missed us all. Right, guys, what have you you guys doing since January? Obviously, we've spoken to each other then since then, but what have we done since January? I think all of us have have had a a fun ride at the end of last season with the Champions League. And we all went to Kiev, which was beautiful and painful at the same time. Um and World Cup. I think we all went to the World yes. Cup, didn't we? Yeah. Ditto. Beautiful and painful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but painful. okay. So for the purposes of the of uh, of the pods, just to get a message out there, all the crap that we heard in the outset about uh, Ukraine, bad place. Um, why are they hosting it there? I certainly was one who uh, subscribed to that being. Um, Nonsense! It was a it was a great venue. Admittedly, getting there was difficult, <laughs> uh, but it was a great venue. The stadium was great. It was really well organised. The city was brilliant. Um, the homies were really welcoming. Um, the girls were and, hot, and the uh, birds were fit. And as for <laughs> Russia, um, pretty much the same. To be honest with you, so all that Boris Johnson Daily Mail. Oh, uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. We, all, all that was turned out to be nonsense. They put on a really, really good World Cup. Uh, it was very well organized. Um, you're much more likely to get Novichoks in the UK than you are in Russia, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, very safe over there. Uh, well, I mean, was this the, uh, the first World Cup that sort of went by without a single incident between sort of fans or any kickoffs or any problems whatsoever? Because I've never heard seen that before and since like the one in the US there's always been a few problems here and there yeah well, this one was almost flawless well. I loved it it was perfect no no incident of any I, I can't remember reading anything to be honest I know and the energy there was fantastic everyone was just really positive and bubbly and buzzing and you know I think uh, I think the powers that be there did a really great job in keeping the thugs uh, did, you, did you guys attend the, the Egypt-Russia game yep <laughs> we got. I mean, I was surrounded. I was surrounded by Russians, and I was thinking at, at one point when they scored, they were sort of apologizing to us. And then I was thinking, imagine if we were in England and we were playing England, and England would beat us, and you you were sat in a stand surrounded by English fans. They they would have been jumping all over you. Like yeah. they, wouldn't, they they wouldn't have let you sort of just be. And these guys were apologizing to us and like after the game, shaking our hands, saying hard luck and all this. And that I, I didn't expect that at all from my side, to be honest. I think England fans are, are a really 
um, are generally, I mean, there's a subset of them, certainly, that are not a good representation of football or, or sports fans in general. Um, and just a perfect example, you know, when we when we beat uh, IKEA, uh, IKEA, when we beat Sweden, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> when we beat Sweden, you know, when we were playing Sweden, it wasn't even about the football, you know. We just uh, it was uh, the chance where you're shit, but your birds are fit. I mean, it had nothing to do with football. It's not positive, you know. They're not it's support- very positive. They're not support- well. It's not supporting their country, they're insulting the other country. Whereas in the World Cup, what I noticed was that people were, apart from, apart from the, the RGs and the Brazilians, um, they were basically just being positive about their own country rather than anything else, which was a nice change. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's banter. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind banter. Um, you know, as long as the 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 IRA chance and the Royal Britannia chance, you know, there's no. no I, I, I agree with you, Sammy. Like, it's, I'm not talking about. Yeah, of course, banter is okay, but the way the Russians were portrayed by the English media and like everything here, it just you did. I didn't expect to see them being the complete opposite of yes. how well, how the they way, were described. The way, it was completely counterproductive because what happened was. There were only like 3,000 England fans out there in the group stages because everybody believed what the papers said. Um, and at the end of the day, that means the national team was there without its support. And they did um, it a lot of good, which says uh, which, uh, something. Yeah, actually, did, yeah did. that's true. So maybe the fans are the bad... The, the, you know, actually, when this they, podcast they, turned into the England fans... Yeah, uh, they, they started showing up in numbers in the semi-final and that's the one they lost. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, last yeah, time, like, maybe they should just not have been allowed to go in the first place. <laughs> but I think, I think what one thing about the media and um, and the FA is it's certainly much better than the media and the FA in Egypt. Oh, yeah. Perfect uh, segue, which takes us on to really what I think we all want to talk about and discuss. And and as as Egyptians and as Egypt fans, and having been there uh, in the summer, you know, and followed everything. This has been something that's been a really troubling for all of us. Um, how the Egyptian FA have treated Mohammed Salah. Now, we like certainly for myself, Sami, Hatim, and Saif have an idea of you know what's actually been going on behind the scenes. But I think it's probably a good idea for Saif, who probably has more inside knowledge than most people, to just quickly summarize for for the listeners what's actually been going on with. The Egyptian FA and Mo Salah, and uh, and then maybe we can talk about where we stand. Well, I I, I think when it, the whole Salah thing is a bit of, of a strange one. This is the very first time in Egypt's history that it has like a superstar player, uh, you know, one that is sort of competing for the the major titles in in Europe, etc. And they 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 just don't know how to deal with it. And there's it's a combination of things of you know, wrong people being in charge that have no skills and no uh, knowledge of how to run a football association. The second bit is this whole culture or, you know, the Egyptian culture. of I know this person, so he can do me a favor. So, you know, I know someone who works in the FA, so he takes me to the team hotel to see the players. And I it's sort of expected that this happens. Uh, and then on top of that is you got, uh, you know, a player that is under so much spotlight that anything that he does or anything that he says is, you know, talked about by over 100 million people in a split second. So it's a very sort of tense situation. But where things stand at the moment is that look, the FA has have completely messed up every, this whole thing from the moment that Egypt qualified to the for the World Cup. Everything that they've done in terms of their planning, they just... They were overwhelmed. They didn't have a clue how to deal with this. They tried to profit off it as much as possible because they knew that it's a once-in-a-lifetime occasion. And it just sort of backfired completely when, when they end up at the World Cup. The, whole, the, the, the From choosing the camp, uh, the base camp for the, the players to the hotels that they stayed at during the games, how people just had access to the players 24/7. The players couldn't sleep. Uh, you know they were bombarded by 
the celebrities and the relatives of officials and all sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, Salah is 100% right in everything that he's doing in terms of thinking, you know what, this is just, this can't continue this way. You know, I'm putting my life in danger every time I go. I'm getting thousands of people that just show up, people knocking on my door, etc. So, Salah is 100% right from, from this point. However... Um, so if, I think there's, yeah. there's um, so you've alluded to a couple of points there. I think for because we're we're reasonably well read in in some of the the ongoing things, but there'll be people who just want a, a sort of summary of the events or at least of the accusations. So for Go example, on. you've alluded to the the, the blooming image rights. Yeah, basically, the, the image rights uh, issue. The, the image rights, I think, is sort of. Is, yeah, is so taking a back seat. Can I list a couple of things for you? Yeah, you can yeah, give sure, us like sure. a, a quick summary of each of the things that's, that's, that's happened that we that we see as so abhorrent, but, but for some reason the Egyptian FA uh, have allowed it. One is the is the celebrities being in the in the in the in the uh, the, the training shop. the training place and the hotels at a time when the players should be. Uh, concentrating, mentally preparing for the game. That's number one. I want something for you, for you to tell us about um, the complete stitch up uh, of Salah in front of the with the with the the Chechenian bloke, um, and what the background of that is. Um, if you do know that, I hope you do. It's about the FA pocketing yeah, yeah. The, the funding, um, the image rights, and the picture on the airplane and all that. Um, and then you can we can talk a bit about what uh, Salah was talking about today about the security and um, the travel arrangements and things like that. And so the general treatment of the, the general players. Treatment. Yeah. I mean, we can. Can, can you give us a quick summary through, to somebody who's yeah, we can go who's not the heard timeline. the story before? Start with yeah, the start with the image rights because the um, it's yeah, very hard for people the, to that, understand that. Was that. Actually, that was the first thing that that started it all. It was at the the Portugal game in uh, in Switzerland. So basically, right before the Portugal game in Switzerland. Salah signed uh, a big deal with uh, with Vodafone for image rights, you know, for the World Cup and for the following months that he will be representing Vodafone and they will be his partners in Egypt. And literally a week later, he flew to Switzerland for a friendly with Portugal. And as he's coming out, uh, you know, when, when as he's boarding the plane, he noticed that usually when it comes, there's two different image like right so there's one that is the teams and there's one that's the individual so if the team like the egyptian team is sponsored by a certain company the whole team has to be present like in the picture they can't isolate one player and put the picture of the sponsor next to him because that's his own personal image right so they separated salah from the rest of the players and stuck the logo of the egypt telecom company right which is called we right in the middle and all the pictures of Salah coming out of the plane in Switzerland just showed Salah coming out of a plane with his face and a huge logo of another right of a competitor to Vodafone uh, right next to it so to him it caused him a lot of problems with Vodafone who just paid him a stupid amount of money to, to for his image rights and now there's pictures of him all over the world and all kinds of newspapers etc with this rival, so that okay, was so why is that his fault? But the rival's it's state, not, but the rival's that's state the owned. That's the thing to, yeah. uh, to remember. Well, that, yeah, that's that's a, the other thing that's you know only happens in Egypt is that I was about to get to it is that the company which is Egypt Telecom is called We the mobile side of it that's owns half of Vodafone in Egypt anyway. So they sort of competing within each other. But to Vodafone, it created a problem because they wanted to pull out of the deal because they said, well, if we can get exactly what we're paying for, so we might as well just, you know, get rid of this deal and then you carry on doing what you're doing. So it was a headache for Salah for no reason whatsoever, something that the Egyptian FA shouldn't have done. But at the same time, Egypt Telecom has a lot of, you know, ownership that is within the army which makes it even a more complicated issue and anyway that was a huge thing and Salah was at the height of his popularity after qualifying for the World Cup and everything so they all rolled over and just said whatever he wants we'll do for him 
you know, he's got the people on his side. And that was the first time that Salah went to social media. If you guys remember to ask for, uh, you know, for, for support. Um, and that whole thing sort of subsided and, and went away. And then and the World Cup happened. And from the start, he wasn't in the right frame of mind because of the injuries, etc. and all this. So he goes, he finds out that his base camp is in the worst location possible. So, sort of, you know, doesn't you know care about it that much and life goes on but then the, the you know that chechnyan chechnyan leader is you know gets through to he's looking he's guys constantly looking for credibility and then thinks you know there's a new sort of you know super world superstar footballer who happens to be muslim and everyone loves at the moment so why not associate myself with him so he knows he goes to the egyptian fa pays him a lot of money for it to do a couple of appearances with the guy, get his pictures taken with him. Salah is thrown right in the middle of it and doesn't really, you know, given a choice about it. It was just sort of told that the team is doing this and he has to go with the team. Um, and he just went along with it. And the backlash from this in in England and in Liverpool and all this, you guys, you know, I, I don't really need to say much of it, but there was a huge backlash and he wasn't, you know, he was being associated with the guy that he had nothing to do with and he didn't even benefit in any way from um and he didn't just have to do one appearance he had to do two appearances with the guy because of the egyptian fa so uh, that happened am I, am I right in what i've heard that fifa actually do um give um funding support to set up the the the, the training zones and um the allegation is that the Egyptian FA just basically pocketed that money, and uh, and the Chechnyans and the Chechnyans basically paid the Egyptian FA to have the training there so that they can pull off this publicity stunt. Almost, they, 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 they were. I mean, in the end of it, the Egyptian FA and people within, but you can't just say the money didn't come to the whole of the Egyptian FA. There are people inside that made money you know, on the side from all these little deals and arrangements. But Egypt, just it, what happened with Egypt Space Camp reminded, reminds me with, with Egyptian, Egypt Air and, and Heathrow, if you guys know, they, they always have like the furthest away gate because it's the cheapest one. And yeah. that was, that. that's exactly what happens. So they went for the cheapest option, even though they had money to cover a decent camp, etc., well, it was, miles away. it was miles away from any of their games. Yeah, it was the worst one. It was the worst location possible. The players had to travel long distance. You guys, I mean, you, we did a bit of traveling in Russia. It's not a small country. It's huge. Um, <laughs> so, and, they, they, and, and, we, and we suffered doing it. And like these guys had to be physically fit to play at you know the highest level against teams that were much better than them. So it didn't make any sense for them to, be, to have a, another disadvantage thrown at them. But, but somehow that happened from the Egyptian FA. He didn't complain about it publicly. He didn't say anything. The only thing that really got to him, and I saw this for myself, so nobody can say to me that it didn't happen, that it, everyone knew where the team hotel was in St. Petersburg. Everyone knew. And I saw all the B-list celebrities in Egypt fully paid for by the the the, the, the sponsors and they were all staying at the hotel right opposite the team's hotel. So the, the, the team's hotel was the Four Seasons, uh, and all the celebrities were staying at the Sofitel Hotel, which was right behind it. I literally walked in that road in St. Petersburg, and I saw them coming out of it and going to the Players' Hotel. They, they were running riot. They just they did whatever they wanted. They went to the players at any time. Uh, them and their relatives and their friends, even, you know, you know what Egypt is like. So one person tells one person tells one person. And I got people telling me, oh, the players are staying there. Inside information, you can go and take your, get your picture taken with them. And I'm thinking, I don't care about my picture. I want these guys to play them tomorrow. They're playing Russia. We just and want them to perform well. Yeah. It's more important exactly. than but, but that's because other, you're a normal fan. Yeah, but just, those guys were treating it like a holiday. They, these, like, they, a lot of the celebrities and a lot, a lot of Egyptians, to be honest, they were treating it more like a holiday. You know, they don't really care. As long as they get a picture taken and put it on Facebook, they couldn't really care less what happens after that to the team. There was a famous picture of uh, Abu Hashima, which to anybody who doesn't know outside of Egypt, 
He's quite a uh, multi. He's a multi-millionaire, multi almost billionaire media mogul. Well, actually, that that turned out to be uh, to to be a whole. You know, that was fake news as well. He's not. Oh, he's not even a billionaire or anything. Yeah, but either way, he was definitely photographed in the training. <laughs> camp. Yeah, he was photographed in the training camp. This is the guy who owns the uh, on uh, on sport TV channel. Backed by the army, that, obviously. Well, that's uh, he actually steel. doesn't. That's the thing that drove me crazy. He, he turned out not to own anything. He that that even the the steel company. He only owns like one percent of it. He's and obviously he was, he's been he's been investigated investigated now for wasting the for public money on the sponsorship deals with Cristiano Ronaldo. And oh all yeah, this. I remember that. Yeah. Mm, so, but yeah, basically, yeah. he was photographed on the in the training. I think the day, I think what day was the game? Was the game was a Tuesday? He was photographed on one of the later yeah. training camps. So like you, you got to ask yourself, imagine the scene in England if, I don't know, um, on the pitch, Hatton. Yeah, on the pitch, not, yes. not, not on the side. Yeah. Was on the pitch. On the pitch with a, with a FIFA, uh, uh, FIFA, um, what's the word? FIFA ID card. You got to ask yourself in England, would it happen? I mean, Mohammed Salah alluded, alludes to it, alluded it, alluded to it today. But the thing is, is, I mean, there's the Amr Dieb, who's a big Egyptian singer. They're all picture, um, getting photographed within the hotel, people turning up at his room at 4 a.m. There's a famous Instagram picture where he's getting mobbed at the lift. And mobbed. Yeah. And, and um, him, they, I mean, it's crazy. Even from the, it seems to me like a stitch up job. I mean, the Chechenian thing was a disaster as well because, as you said before, the hotel was. Well, yeah, so I mean, to give you an analogy, imagine, imagine Gareth Southgate, Scott all the England team in there. In, in their hotel, they're talking and they're talking about the game, they're talking about preparations, there's mental preparations as well as physical preparations, and the whole thing's bloody gate crashed by James Corden. That's the Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a great one. James Corden, brilliant. And his and his entourage. Yeah. And let's chuck let's chuck in some pop stars in there as well. But Sam, Sam it's not even it's not even the it's not about, you know, special celebrities. In 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 uh, when we were in the game in Geneva, we were there, and I stood outside where they were having the meeting because everyone was there, and we could see the players inside having their tactical meeting. Everybody wow. knew where it was. There was about two thousand people stood outside, and Salah, to credit to him, he actually on his way out had his picture taken with every single person that wanted a picture taken. Well, well, I, well, me and Hatim and Yasmin know that for sure because that's exactly what he did with yep. us when all of the Liverpool team went past and waved and wouldn't stop and and he, he took a photo with us and every other single Liverpool fan that was in that uh, crowd. Okay, so can you move on to... Uh, we talked about Chester, you talk about the... So basically that's... The, it's given us an insight into how the... Egyptian FA is completely unsupportive of its team and, uh, in particular, its major star. So Salah today has been out giving uh, live interviews on Facebook. And Sorry, just, Sammy, just before before we get into this part, let's not forget that someone, you know, without mentioning him, leaked his personal address in Egypt. Oh, my God. Oh, Do you remember that? Yes. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. Showed they all, outside his house. They all turned up at like 3 a.m. or something. Yeah. 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 That, that, by the way, that wasn't a coincidence. It just In Egypt, coincidences never, never happened. happened okay? yeah. not, not, <laughs> not all of a sudden, 3,000 people knew his home address in a second. So that, you know, that was leaked and that was to send a certain, a certain message to him. But you know, and his, what did he do? his reaction, and, and what did, exactly. what his did reaction he do? was phenomenal. I mean, you imagine David Beckham, a bunch of fans turning up outside his doorstep at three o'clock in the morning. Thousands of them. Yeah, he'd call the coppers, right? Well, to yeah. be fair, to be fair, and that's where the spin, ha- the media spin happens. He tried all of that and he, he didn't go down straight away. He just went down eventually. He took, I mean, you have no choice. Your kid's at home, your wife's at home and you can't, you've got all these crazy people beeping the horns. I mean, it, there's two ways of spinning it. I mean, it can be spun, oh, look how kind and can, he is. But at the end of the day, he didn't look happy signing. I wouldn't be either. But well, he's the, that, that, that's the type, yeah, <laughs> no, 3am, I'd, I'd be just getting home to be fair. But, um, that'll be, uh, I mean, he's that sort of character and they're just misjudging. I mean, he's, he's had a bit of negative press because of the Chechens thing as alluded before. But now it's just, uh, it, you know, we talk about club versus country, whether a player, decides to turn up for his national team. This is like uh, player versus FA, player versus establishment. It's getting to the... Mm. 
but you see, so so I mean, we were we were discussing this earlier. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of issues. Um, clearly, he's unhappy with the FA, and towards the end of the World Cup, well, at the end of the World Cup, actually, there was all these rumors that he was going to retire from international football. That was set set up by the FA, though, right? Yeah, but okay. uh, but you know, to be honest with you, and as I was saying before, he doesn't need him. He doesn't need Egypt. They need him more than he needs them. But he's, he's not a... built his success. From but I, I, but he, 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 he's can't, nationalistic. he can't really, he can't just decide to retire. He, if the if the FA, if the Egyptian FA object to this and say that he has no reason to retire, he's still you know young and performing well. FIFA would intervene and he'd be suspended from playing football. He won't be able to play for Liverpool. Not How just, do other players do no, it? No, 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 not just that. You have. You have to have, uh, basically, what from what I know, maybe you guys know better, but from what I know is that if you decide to retire from international football, you have to have a reason whether you are, you've reached a certain age or you've, you've had injuries or you're not playing or there's something and the FA has to just not object to you retiring. But yeah. if you Joe are Matip. at what your about prime... Joe Joe Matip retired. I think, there was, I, think there were, I think I think there were problems with him. It wasn't a straightforward case, but I, I'm sure if an FA that says that a player is refusing to fulfill his international commitments, I'm hundred. I'm I'm pretty sure that he's not allowed to play football unless there is okay. a clear case. Yeah. Of bear, why in, bear, he in, play. bear in mind this, though, right? Is if if he decided to play, not play for the international team, you can you can understand the uh, publicity. Machine of the army and the Egypt, the Egyptian FA, obviously. By the way, if he decide, if he's, a, if he decided not to play for the for the Egyptian team anymore, he'll be called for his uh, his uh, national service. service yeah, the yeah exactly. Day. They've got him by the balls. He's got a brother. Uh, um, they've got him. They did that. Um, I'm trying to think. They've done that before, haven't they? I've heard of that before. Or well, just think. Of, just think about it, Hatem. He's uh, Salah is not. You know, he he is kind of living in a glass house because for every single year he has to submit fake medical records to show that he's unable to he he's unable no he's he's unable to go to his college where he's enrolled he's enrolled full time as a student in Egypt so he submits medical records every year to say that he was unable to attend and he fails and that's why he keeps re-enrolling in the same course. Until he gets age twenty eight and he keeps getting you know the the whole thing about his national service delayed, so the what system the itself that? that's the thing that's the in education then he then he doesn't have you to don't go have to so e- Egypt is the only exemption exactly no. there's other things as well, but he's for him yes uh, yeah, I mean to get it delayed if you're fit and able and you have brothers and you're not an only child, etc. You, the only way that you can delay your national service is that if you're studying, okay? So that's something, that's, that's Egypt, guys, in, in a nutshell. So Egypt, the, the solutions that people think are mainstream, they are set up that way by the government to say, yeah, of course, you, you can, you can carry on playing in Liverpool, but the whole scheme is set up in a way that the power is with the government. So the government saying, yeah, of course he can play, have this, and this is the normal way. All the players do it, by the way. They enroll in a college, they keep saying that they were ill every single year, and then they keep getting delays, and that's every single player. That's Mido, that's Mohammadi, that's everyone did this, and that's the norm. But the norm has a little thing inside of it that says at any time, you piss us off, we can just say to you, these are fake, because you're clearly playing football, and you're not ill in any kind of way. So, yeah, no more delays for you. Come the next day, you enrolled in the army. So an inc- and there's nothing they can do. So an incident occurred um, earlier in the year, earlier in this last season with the um, Tahim. Um, there's a charity in Egypt called Tahimos, which translated means Salute Egypt. It's basically a army-backed charity, so you can make of that what you will. And there was a bit of a discussion and toing and froing about how much he had, how much he had to, again, donate in inverted commas to that charity. And then he ended up then, I can't remember what the final figure was, it five million Egyptian in the end? Yeah. And yeah. you can guarantee where it went. If you don't give me money, then your papers will get produced. And now he's got a big fat scouse contract at what, 200 grand a week? I'm sure another conversation will occur then. Of course. He's frightened because he's very family based. But that, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, that's why 
he's 100% in the right and everything that he's complaining about with this Egyptian FA, okay? Nothing, you know, but sometimes in life, it's not about being right. It's about yeah. getting the best out of a situation. You are in a playing the football of your life. You, no one from where you come from has ever reached that level. You are in an amazing position. Don't screw with this yeah. for a meaningless fight. Let's let's be honest. If his life was in danger in any kind of way, or if he went and told Liverpool that listen, I'm worried about myself going to my national to joining my national team because of this, then Liverpool will raise this with FIFA straight away because that's their asset, you know. They mm. they spend loads of money on him. But none of this happened. Why is he taking it on himself? Why is Liverpool not getting involved? Well, this is this is the thing. So I, we were talking earlier. I think I don't know if you were aware of what we were chatting about earlier. I was saying this is a, a bit of a dangerous fight for him, as you're saying. It's like, can he win the fight? Can he not? I mean, I think a lot of this, I think you mentioned before about um, when he did the initial Im- image rights thing, he made the FA look stupid because they got backed backed into a corner where they had to support him. And then I think... CC um, got involved or higher ranked people in the army. So I think a lot of that is just payback for a lot of what they're doing to him is payback for that. And he's fighting about. Would you, would, would you want to be in this position? No. So basically, you know, in Egypt, there's only one entity that yep. has all the power, which yep. is the army. Okay. So you get in any problems with any institution in Egypt. The only people that you can go to to help you out is the army. Yep. So every time you go to them for a favor, you have to pay. There's no question yep. about it. They don't do anything because they like you. They don't care who Salah is. They but, think, okay, you have a problem with the FA? We'll solve it for you. No problems. Here's, here's yes. our bank account. Time for your donation. Last time it was $5 million. New contract. Now it's going to be $20 million. And But when he reaches 28 and it's time to come back for national service and he needs an, ex- an exception, he time for another donation and yep. it's just it will never end because they know he has loads of money and they will just bleed him dry it's not just that they'll also try and um they'll try and fuck him up not necessarily directly to him they'll start messing stuff up for for his family etc in egypt they they pull a lot of string they just the, the guys who um aren't familiar with it i mean they've the army have got their string their strings their arms in tentacles in every as- facet of Egyptian life, everything from medical to, to schools, to buildings, to nightclubs, to hotels, they've got everything involved. So they, if they don't like you, they'll burn you quite easily, directly or indirectly. I, I, was, I was actually talking to someone about this who was saying, you know, oh, I see Salah leaving Liverpool. And I actually thought one of the reasons he might actually stay might not might have nothing to do with football. I think he might stay just so he can qualify for a British passport because by the time he retires... He will have a fortune and he wouldn't want to go back to Egypt with it because he knows that he'll be bled dry there. So I honestly think this is the time, like now he's, he's finished his first year. So it's four years left that he needs to get his residency in this country and therefore get, get, get a passport. I mean, Which that depends that, on what sort of what sort of um, work well, that, and visa he's well, here that's, on. Well, that's that's right? the, the ones that the players are on is the ones that qualify them for this. Plus, they've mm-hmm. got enough money to invest, obviously, with property. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They have. If he spends that time here, by the time he's about to retire, he would have had his citizenship here done and dusted. So once he retires, he doesn't have to go back to Egypt. But, but the issue so, is his so family, he, though. The fam. The thing is, his family. He's very family oriented. He's very. He's very tight to. The village he's from. So again, they can, they can, he can stay here, but they'll just basically screw the, screw the, the army. Are, I mean, I don't yeah, want to turn this into a, a, he has a daughter and he'll be thinking like, you know, yes, he'll father, be thinking he has of a your mother. daughter be, be, before thinking about any, anybody else. Okay. He'll be yeah. thinking of, but I'll give you a bunch. And then he, he, his brother, you know, he will, by that time, he can get his whole family out as well. I hope so. But then in his mind, he's also looking at, um, I mean, Abu Traika was a legend, but not quite in a legend in a global sense that uh, yeah. Mohammed Salah has. But you saw what happened to Abu Traika. I mean, Abu Traika yeah, exactly. had to hide. He was exiled for doing a sign. Well, one of the things he did was he did a sign, the Rabah sign, which was the massacre during the um, one of the re- Second Revolution, where the mm. army opened fire on, depending on how many numbers you read, but oh. anything thousands to whatever, like a th- anything from a thousand to several thousand. And one of, he got exiled for being political and not mm. following the army. He then had to go to Qatar. So yeah, Egypt's losses being sports. Yeah, being sports gain. 
that's why I'm, I, I, Egypt is one of those places that if you are if there's a big spotlight on you, you try everything that you can stay away from it. It's you know I I Treka, I would Treka compared to Salah. In terms of popularity, I think Abu Treka is a lot more popular in Egypt than Salah. With all he, with all of what Salah achieves, Abu Treka is just beyond, is beloved by. It's because he never left, right? That's a big factor. Yeah, uh, exactly, and uh, and you know he's accomplished a lot with the Egyptian national team as well. Uh, which you know I know Salah got us to the World Cup, but these guys won three national, you know, African Nations Cup in a row. Mm. But apart from this, he what what happened to Treka just shows that in a split second you can go from being a national hero beloved by everyone even the even the government loved him everyone loved him he, you know he had this picture taken with the president at the time several times but in a split second he went from this to a guy who's exiled who couldn't get back to Egypt to bury his own dad you're so that's, frightened of arrest exactly that's 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 Egypt it can literally turn on you in a second, if the people in charge are not happy with you anymore. And I don't think someone like Salah, with everything that he's accomplished, would want to go to a situation where he's like a hostage to these guys for the rest of his life because they know he has loads of money. So that's why I honestly see him staying here for one the rest of, the, of his life. One of the things they tried to do during the um, the initial image rights thing was they released a video of him saying... Um, uh, I think it's a video, like an old video when he was yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. so what I if I'm that. a, so what if I'm a, um, Ikhwani, 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 I'm like, Khwani, yeah. yeah. And f- in Egypt, basically, if you're anti-army, you're anti, you're basically pro-Islamic, uh, Muslim Brotherhood. So they can burn it so far so good that people aren't yeah. buying the shit. I mean, for him so, to go on so video. I have a question that, um, I mean, talking about all of this and all of the risks that he, he's aware that he's taking is, um, he doesn't strike me as the sort of person that wants to be political or wants to uh, to stir up problems. How much of this is his lawyer, who he staunchly defended today, by the way? Yeah. yeah. But if you're having to defend someone like that, then that there might be something behind that. How much of this is actually his lawyer um, and his agent? His, no, I think the same his thing. agent. Rami, Rami Isa, they're the same person. His agent is a yeah, lawyer. Rami, Rami's quite cryptic in his tweets, which sometimes in flames, but then sometimes he can't say, because if he's a lawyer, he knows what he can say, what he can't say, right? I mean, he can't just go out and... I mean, the, the, this interview is obviously by Rami, because Salah was alluding during the interview to saying, I'm doing, I, I have several points to discuss. It's obviously prepared. Yeah. Oh, he even said it during his hang on. I'm just referring to my notes, which was next to the phone that kept falling over. Yeah. If anyone's interested, you can you can watch his video on his Facebook page. It's a really yeah. interesting video. Actually, it's all in Arabic. But yeah, so Google Translate. Yeah, for a Would fee, get. for a fee, any one of us will translate it for you guys. So <laughs> Some of us are more expensive than others. Yeah, yeah. I'm like super expensive. These these uh, NHS people and these. Uh, <laughs> we do the service for free. free yeah, yeah. And we let you treat us like crap at the same time. At all hours of the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. I mean, I stopped. What I I I even interrupted the uh, Manu massacre to uh, to watch. It. I was I watched it a few times. I was just stunned. He's 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 known as a gent, well-spoken guy. He always talks about the team. He was pissed off. As well as upset, you could see visibly he was upset. I mean, some of the words that were describing against him. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, what's the purpose of this? What is he going to achieve from it? I, I honestly think this this agent of his. I I I I I can't stand the guy, and I don't think he has the experience or the 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 know how to deal with someone like Salah with the delicate situation that he's in from you know because of the country that he comes from. What what are what are Rami Isa's uh, Rami Abbas's uh, credentials? I, I don't. I until now I don't know what he's done in football to really think, represent think, someone he's, like Salah. He's I'm best very friend, with um with the way that he. he do, you guys, um, do, do you guys actually know how he how he hooked up with him? Does any any of you know? Well, I assume he's Colombian, so he tried to sell him something, and then um, Salah <laughs> said, "No, basically, I'm just a." Uh, <laughs> I'm a premier footballer. No, it's I don't actually, know. It's actually a word. I mean, it's it, it, it. Do you guys remember Salah's old Asian, the Egyptian guy? You know, during his time at Basel, mm. 
there was a huge problem and even Salah went on Twitter to say that this guy doesn't no longer represents me and there was a huge mm-hmm. thing about mm-hmm. him. So his old agent was from Egypt and he stole money from him basically and he made them sign a bunch of agreements regarding image rights, etc. that sort of, you know, weren't fair for Salah in, in any kind of way. And Salah when he got his move to Chelsea, he was at the point where he was starting to make good money and he noticed that he's being robbed pretty much by this guy from Egypt. So he was looking for a way to get out of that agreement. So it was Quadrado at Chelsea at the time who said, suggested to him a lawyer friend of his that can help him with his legal problems. And he recommended Rami Abbas. And he met he, Rami Abbas helped him with it. He's a lawyer. So he helped him with this, you know, his contract with his old agent, solved the problem for him. And he got him out of the contract with the old agent. And Salah, even, you know, with all he is at the moment, I do think Salah is, is a very simple person, not in a bad way, but he's a very pure, you know, simple person. Because that guy helped him out and he was the first guy to really, you know, sort something out for him since he left Egypt and he felt that, you know, while he's all alone by himself, he just decided to make him do everything for him. And that's how Rami Abbas became agent. He never managed any players, doesn't have any experience. doesn't even, I don't think he has a, an, an agent's license. I think he's just doing all this off the cuff just for Salah. And he is also the sole director of MS Commercial Cayman Limited. Yeah, which exactly. Makes, oh, which makes me feel extremely uncomfortable when when um, when official documentation is being leaked uh, that that explicitly states that that um, he is the the um, the sole director of MS Commercial. Which is in the Cayman Islands. Uh, have, have any of you guys? Do any of you guys follow Rami Abbas on social media? I do. Can I just say, just in the middle of that, before you just say, can I just say yeah. on record there is nothing wrong with having an entity based in the Cayman Islands. To the Egyptian <laughs> government, there is. My company does. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you guys are criminals by definition. But to the Egyptian government <laughs> and to the and to the army, who think who see that. Any opportunity to make money, and uh, anyone trying to take money away from them is a threat to them. So, so someone, so by by sending clearly, uh, explicitly that that money is actually being stored in the Cayman Islands, for example, by the sole director of MS Commercial Limited. You know, I think someone eating a bag of crisps. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but what one thing though? I mean, you you set yourself up in the Cayman Islands for one reason and one reason only, right? Taxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that, that know, it's something strange for players to be set up in. Yeah, yeah. Companies they all do it. Cayman I Islands. I, I think the, the the problem that I have with with Rami Abbas is that he he doesn't have credentials to back up you know, be, representing a player at that level now. He sort of got lucky with Salah because Salah went from, you know, an average player at Chelsea when he started representing him to a superstar now. And at the same time, Rami Abbas doesn't have a clue about how Egypt is run and what happens on the inside in Egypt. Um, and he's sort of leading Salah through this thing, thinking he's going to win this war through Twitter and social media and doesn't know that, no law applies in Egypt, no rules, mm. anything can happen at any time. And if shit hits the fan, Rami Abbas is not going to get in anything. Rami Abbas lives in Abu Dhabi. He, you know, he has a, a, a practice. Yeah, he might be affected financially if he loses Salah, his only, his only player, which makes no sense for someone, you know, for an Asian to only have one player. Uh, um, and Salah will face the music by himself and, He's, he's Salah has literally been led through this whole thing by Rami, Rami Abbas. Make no mistake. So the one thing, the one thing is safe is in the Rami Abbas's defense. Um, Salah has a brilliant contract. He got some great career moves. He's settled, um, uh, and he's doing very, very well financially. So from that sense, he's doing great. Mm. But I do not think that even Mina Raiola would have been able to navigate what is happening with the Egyptian FA with any player. I don't, I think it's rather unprecedented for anyone, any agent to have to deal with this. 
I can't, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have to disagree on this one. There's been a lot of times in the past when players have problems with their own FAs. It's happened several times. When a player gets to a certain level and he is, you know, a huge asset for a big team in Europe, as soon as any problem happens, so if it's about his security, his team will complain to FIFA and FIFA will intervene. If the situation is not resolved, the player will not be forced to who joined the national team by FIFA because of worries about his health and safety. Uh, the team, Liverpool, haven't been in, didn't get involved in any kind of way. Nobody, you know, he's not, this problem hasn't come anywhere near the circles in, in the UK. And at the same time, if he's a, if he needed security guards and he needed, you know, personal protection, Liverpool have sent that with him as well to make sure that he's okay. None of that have happened. I Why just not? think Why he not? just went straight into public, you know, you know, asking for public help for this. I don't understand why. So yeah, so what 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 are our thoughts on why it's egos aren't involved in this? You know, and they've got responsibility to protect them. And I'm Liverpool, sure they know everything that's going on. Liverpool aren't exactly the fast. I mean, Liverpool aren't exactly the greatest off the mark for stuff like this. Let's face it, they're not the speediest off the mark. So I mean, it might be just. But I think it, that's changed, hasn't I hope so. I mean, but we'll see. I mean, if you look at the demands he's asked for, right? I mean, he's he's kind of doing it. I mean, if you didn't know the whole situation, you look at Mohamed Salah like a like a hostage guy, just going like, "These are my four demands. I want security." Da, 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 da. Most people around the world expect that to happen. Yeah, I mean, no, of course. That's why I said he's hundred percent right, and everything he's asking for. I just think he's asking for it in the wrong way. That's, he shouldn't be asking only... for it. Yeah. And also, he's. I mean, he's, what, did you did you see that bit about? Um, oh yeah, we want business class uh, seats. Or even the Afri- He even said in a way, even, yeah, even the African players get business class seats. Yeah, and I was thinking, what's how is the, you're asking the common man in Egypt for yeah. support, and you're going saying to him, oh, I can't fly in a private plane that's only for the players on normal seats. We want business class seats, and you want them to think. Oh yeah, let's go and fight for Salah to get his business class seat on the private plane for the team. That just didn't make any sense. Why would why would you say this? Because they've got to stretch their legs. They can't be bending their knees. No, again, again, Sammy, it makes sense, and I completely agree from Salah's perspective. I just think he's going about it the wrong way. He's asking the people, the common people of Egypt, to support him in this fight with the Egyptian FA. Do you think the common man in Egypt will sympathise with Salah? Bearing, bearing in mind this. Uh, go on. Sorry, go on. No, no, sorry, go, go. I was saying, do you think the common man in Egypt will sympathize with Salah saying that we travel on a private jet when the most, you know, the, most of people in Egypt never seen a plane in their life and we want bigger seats rather than the normal seats? Do you think that's a demand that would, con- that pe- the common people in Egypt will understand? It's poverty. Uh, not if it's presented that way, no. But to, but to say that you know, if you if you break it down to basics, is to say that my my profession involves my legs being. He didn't break it down to. Well, basics. he didn't. I know. That's yeah. a language. That's a language. Mane has business class. Why don't I? Exactly. He just said it the, in the, in the wrong way. And again, once you go to the people in a war with the Egyptian FA, you have to cater to your audience. You don't go logical. And say logical points because they won't, a lot of them won't even get what you're referring to. And at the same time, why are you a person who's being compared to Messi and Cristiano going to the common man in Egypt asking him for help when it comes to something like this when there's so many other channels you could have gone through before this? But maybe he's had enough of the lies. I mean, if, if, um, running back to the Chechnya bit again, he was sat separate. From the rest of the, uh, the squad. And that was the thing. He was then told there was rumors around that he was training on his own. And so the, the, it was spun to say, Oh, Mohammed Salah thinks he's better than everyone else. He rides with everybody else. He said that in the interview. He said, like, when I get off a plane, like, even in Cairo airport, I mean, we all have the, we all use the speedy access thing. He says, like, there's certain things you get done when you arrive on a plane. Again, your common person, I agree, will not understand that. But what he's trying to say, and he's failing to say it eloquently, is that he's he's trying to show that he's not anything he's not asking for special treatment for himself. He's just saying that wherever I travel with my club, I've been travelling abroad for a few years, work playing abroad for a few years, that um 
I've got, I've seen how like functional organizations work. It's not the but, Egyptian. But again, do you, th- do you, th- Hatim, do you think that the common man hearing Salah saying, I've, I, now that I see how the world operates, I'm looking down at the organizations of my country. Do you think the common man in Egypt would think that in, see it in a logical way or to think, so now you think, you, you, you're too good for us. Well, that's, that's the danger. Come across. That's the danger. That's always the danger. If you leave your country and do well, you get the jealousy of Let's those. Let's not who... forget, they still think Salah is that guy that used to take four buses to go yeah. to training. And now he's complaining about business class flights. seats. But also they've, um, they've also said, I mean, there's been a lot of lies written about him. So he was at pains to say again that he came down to, um, at Sah- um doing Sahur at one of the, um, hotel, uh, one of the Russia games, yeah. which proves that he was fasting. So those who are debating that. And he said he came down to Sahur, all the players were downstairs, and yet he wasn't allowed to go upstairs because he said it was um, uh, it was too busy or too crowded for him. But then that got spun to say that, oh, Mohammed Salah doesn't want it, all the other players will mix. So he's he's trying to fight against what's been spun. And I don't, I don't know, for a lawyer, I mean, again, I, it goes back to him not understanding how it works in Egypt. But, I mean, it could quite easily backfire on him. But I don't it think will. it will. I think he's managing any of this really understands how it works in Egypt, to be honest with you, because I don't think anyone anywhere in the world knows how, it, how anything actually works in Egypt, especially in Egypt. Um, okay, I'm oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say now, okay, to, to sort of tie this up a bit, um, what do we as um, British Egyptian fans based in Britain um how how do we feel Liverpool Football Club should be um involved in this? What should they should they be stepping in? What sort of protection should they be giving him? What should their role in this be? If you so give- that's what that's what I was saying at, at the start is that Liverpool sh- I mean if if my star player said to me my I, the last time I left a plane I was mobbed by 3000 people I could easily get injured at any time Liverpool will get involved. There's no question. I don't think Liverpool will be thinking, you know what, it's okay. Salah can go and then maybe he'll come back with his shoulder dislocated. They will get involved or at least they will complain to FIFA or we'll hear something okay, about Okay, so them why hasn't that happened? Because I don't think Salah went to them. Yeah, I honestly also, don't think. But, but say if we know about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's different. It has to come from the play. You have to realise then if Liverpool appoint special security for him when he goes to, whereas I think the next game is in Niger. I don't know if it's in Niger or in Cairo versus Niger. But it's going to add to the division as well. Oh, Mohamed Salah, look at him. He, he's too good to be sat with the rest of us. Blah, 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 blah. But most, I mean... But when, I had to, actually, I, I have to disagree. If, the, if Liverpool are forcing Salah to have uh, security... He can just say it's my team. I, you know, I have to have a contract with these guys, and they think. Just you know, let's think about. You know, remember the time when there was a lot of security issues in Egypt. <laughs> um, big multinationals were sending security guards around all their employees, making sure that they were escorted back and from work, etc. Because they, these are their employees, and they were worried yeah, about them. It happened to so, me when I went to Nigeria with Shell. Yeah, Same thing. So why can't Liverpool, with an asset that is that is literally worth in Egypt, just to put it in perspective, let's say Salah is worth between 150 to 200 million in today's market. That's over. That's almost five billion Egyptian pounds. That's the size of a huge company in Egypt by himself. And you're telling me that if he has security issues and Liverpool decide that you know what we're sending extra security with you, anybody would say anything to him. He would just say that Liverpool are forcing me to have it, and that's it. Yeah, he gets I mean, himself out of it completely. Just to, just to repeat Kareem's point, okay, so you're suggesting that Liverpool haven't intervened because Salah hasn't requested it of them, but Liverpool should be reading the news today and listening to our podcast <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Salah's interview and thinking, shit, our bloody prized asset is, is, is out there, um, you know, and susceptible. And Liverpool should be saying to the Egyptian FA, we are not going to be releasing this player yeah. until yeah. we get guarantees that adequate safety is in place. See, so that, see that's normal. dangerous ground, though. But I, mean, but I think that's normal. That's standard, though. But you, when you say adequate safety, you've got to, you've got to draw a, um, 
what's the word, a division between them. Because when you're saying he's not getting, there has to have been an incident where he can point to. So at the moment now you've got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So vi, so vi. But unless it comes from the player where he fears for his safety, and again that's going to be massively dangerous ground for Salah for him to say he fears but, for his safety. But Hadam, he already said it. I know, but I mean, if he says it to the club, I mean, when's the game? The game's September. Hatem, I'm really, really sorry. I, I, I disagree with you. With you. I, I, well. I think the club have a real responsibility. They've got to step in. Yeah, and they've got to, they've got to take control of the not, situation. Whether he requests it or not. Because also, the club need to be aware that there's also a risk that the, that, that the government can say, right, Salah, you're coming back, military service. Exactly. So if he's not if he's not managing the situation properly, Which he's not then so Liverpool Football Club have a responsibility to protect their asset. Can I just, just can just, I just say though, if yeah, Liverpool, if, if Egypt just if Egypt turn around and say you've got you're going to be national service tomorrow, there's nothing they can do. That's it. Game Literally set. nothing. Game set and match. So he. No, this I, is what... I understand that. I understand that. Well, I mean, there is something he could do. He could say he could claim asylum here and not and not. Yeah, that's, back that, that's not happening. But, 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 but that's but that if if he claims asylum here, that means that he won't be able to fulfill his international duties because he won't be able to join with the national team, and therefore he won't be able suspended. to play the football. I, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that, that that is one thing that potentially could he could do. But the point is, Liverpool should not watch yeah, yeah. the situation get any worse, yeah. and it should not put any further risks of of finding ourselves in that situation. So Rami should be talking. So Rami should be fulfilling his role as his alleged confidant, agent, lawyer, whatever, and speaking to them rather than making them go public. That should have been the first step, and then he can do the video afterwards. So I, I'm he just should, guessing but he's not. So Liverpool still need to act. Well, just, we'll see. He's uh, back. Just think, think about think about it this way. Let's say. You're Salah, and you're playing for Liverpool, and you're having all these issues with the FA. All you can, all you can do, which I, that's what my I was thinking is that if you went to Liverpool without letting anyone know, just saying to them, look, this is happening, and I'm afraid of my for my safety, and at the same time, if I blow the whistle on it, I can get into a lot of trouble. Can you intervene without saying that I mentioned anything? Just saying that you you reviewed footage. And you saw things that you thought put your players in danger, and you want added security to your player, uh, and you raise it directly with the FA, like I had nothing to do with it. And this way, he comes out of it thinking, you know, like, oh, what can I do? It's my team that forced me to do it. And people in Egypt, FA, army, etc., will understand. Okay, that's Liverpool. It's a huge team, so it's a, you know these kind of requests are normal. And that's it. The whole yeah. thing just goes by normal. You're talking, you're talking spin. I mean, the, the, it just needs it just needs proper spin. Um, and why is he paying that lawyer for then? Exactly, that's my point. But also, then then here's another one. Why the fuck have none of the other players come forward and said this? I mean, Mohamed yeah. Salah shared I mean, a room, so, so, shared so a room with he, someone, right? Hagezi, I'm assuming. Where the fuck is Hagezi? His best mate. Where's El Nini? Where's his, all these people? In his interview today, he repeatedly said, he repeatedly said, this is not just about me, this is for all the players. Have you, have you guys seen Mido's tweets today? Mido is brilliant, to be fair. I, I've gone. He a- said it. He said all the players complain about the same things, but only Salah had the courage to say it. Yeah. He literally said that. He's such a so great... He's putting his neck on the line for everyone. Exactly. Hagezi, he said that one guy came into his room at 4am, it wasn't just me in the room, it was someone else. Why didn't that guy complain? Yeah, but Hagazi, Hagazi isn't the model professional himself, you know. I know, and but these I mean, guys are nowhere near that, that level. So to them, they think, you know, they what, think they've made it. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, but they don't get mobbed in those Salah does. So they're like, you know, I want, I don't want to, you know, be causing any problems. I'll just go do my international duty, get it over and done with, and go back to my team. Salah, on the other hand, he's the one who's. He gets gets mobbed by three thousand people, and all of them, you know. Can you, honestly, you see Salah and Hagazi, who are you gonna go to take a picture with? Yeah, exactly. I met. I sat on the plane back with Trezeguet. Sat next to him after the uh, humiliation against Saudi Arabia, and I asked him a few questions about that. Just he was a bit coy with his answer. But I was doing devil's advocate. I asked him one of the questions. I asked is, are you guys jealous of Mohammed Salah? Because that's what's coming out of it. Mohammed Salah had to tweet during the World Cup to say we are one team. Etc. Etc. He said, "No, no, Muhammad. he kind of gave the political answer of, oh, Muhammad Salah is the, uh, is the, is the, 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 uh, the, uh, the figure that we all aspire to. We hope to get his success, but none of them, all, all of them are content playing for West Brom 
or I mean, Trezeguet is going to, to yeah. Milan. I don't think it's just content. I think you know, physically and abilities wise, they just they're not blessed like he is. No. Um, you know, Egypt has never been known to produce amazing physical specimens. It's always been you know, Salah is one in a. How many players have Egypt had, and he's the first one to do anything on that uh, on that level? No, no, I'm exactly. Exactly. Mido. Mido <laughs> is a physical Mido. specimen, but just two the other players, way. Two <laughs> players, two players that retired at the tender age of 29. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not through injury, just because they Ate couldn't too much. keep their weight down. Um, so in summary, just to, just to really briefly summarize, the Egyptian FA have screwed Mohamed Salah over. The, um, military seem to be supporting that. Salah, Agent I don't think military lawyer is to get, by the way. I, well, I, they're sorry. watching it happen. They're watching. They're just not. Uh, they, they don't take side until someone pays. Uh, Salah's agent is a knob. Um, Salah's been poorly advised. Liverpool should have stepped in, but haven't. Uh, watch this space. Let's see what happens. Yep. I mean, I'm 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 really concerned about it, and um, we've got a big know. run of games as well coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to affect his. It's going to affect his mental strength. Um, I think it already has. Well, if you remember when the um, the image rights came on last year, it was just before Roma away, and he went through a bit of a, um, by his supreme standards, a bit of a dip in form. I don't know if that was because he was tired or coincidental, but I mean, he is not strong. I don't think he's super strong, mentally wise. But then again, who would be experiencing this? Honestly, it's. He's got so much pressure on his shoulders. Yeah, he, it's huge. He had the weight of the whole nation on his shoulders for the World Cup. Well, one shoulder, certainly. Yeah, um, yeah and Ramos's weight on the yeah, other one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you, you know, so it's not easy for any anyone, certainly not someone who hasn't been prepared for this for years and years and years. Uh, this guy's just all of a sudden come out of nowhere at the age of 24, 25. I mean, it's not like... English players who have seen it through the ages, who have seen other players around them, um, you know, catapulted to fame and everything, you know. But this guy's come out of nowhere with no backup, no support, nothing. So, of course, it's stressful. You know, one of the things that I noticed is when he was playing for Egypt in the World Cup, he looked down. He did not look happy. Goal against Saudi. And his first training session back, at Melwood, you saw the pictures. The guy just looked happy and relieved yeah. to be back. There's some, something that's interesting has just flashed on Sky Sports News now when we're talking about like how players, countries treat their players. It says the South, Korea, the South Korean squad are in these Asia games. It says South Korean squad, including Spurs striker Son Hung Min, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Son, yeah. Said, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be exempt from the military service if they win gold. See what I mean? I mean, that's the, uh, I mean, that shows you how countries treat their, they're heroes, right? Well, I just, you know, exactly. And I'm worried, you know, we've seen, we've seen what's happened to Gaza here, for example. You know, and, you know he was a national hero and, um, and he's been destroyed. And we really, uh, we need to look out for our just, national just, hero because he really is, he really is a treasure. Just um, think of it this way as well, Sammy. Sorry to cut you off, but just, you know, he's now thinking the moment my form dips or I'm not playing well, all the people that are, pissed off in this whole thing are going to come hunting me down because every player knows once you're not at that top level performing that a spotlight comes off you nobody's you know the love of the 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 millions of fans quickly fades away and then that hate within people's heart that they have for you because of what you did to them you know now through this whole thing will surface again and then they will you know look for revenge yeah, and that's and that's when and that's when he deteriorates. Well, anyway, we're not going to finish off on such a, a morbid note. We're just going to remind each other that we are top of the league. Are we? Yeah. Spurs gone ahead of us. This, this podcast was no, no. Much exclusively... I think Spurs needed to win four nil, so they're one goal short. That was okay. Spurs battering Man United four nil. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. So, so that's that's a positive. I think we'll. I think uh, we are going to look forward to a great season. I'm going to uh, put my foot down and make a commitment that the oil field index is going to be a regular fixture. Just um, like, just like your bowels, mate. Regular, every. 
and frequent. <laughs> Regular and frequent. Um, and loose. Can, and you loose. Make another promise? Can you make another promise to take me to Anfield soon? Yeah, 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 of course. That's, that's, that's gotta be done. Speaking of Anfield, I just want to make a shout out to myself. And okay. <laughs> this is a new one. <laughs> um, now I want you all to look out for as the players come out of the tunnel in uh, Anfield. All right, there is an Egyptian flag that's hanging over the, um, the, 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 the the top of the tunnel, and it says Mohammed Salah, and you'll never walk alone on it. So always look out for that flag. I'll be hanging it over. That's me. Um, right, Chairperson Hatim, shall we wrap this up? I think so. It's uh, getting late. <laughs> and let's say, listen, we are going to be very regular. And if we, if you don't hear us again in a podcast next week or very latest the week after, it's probably because the Egyptian authorities have listened to this podcast. <laughs> Had us killed. And we've been arrested. All military service, we've probably all been exempt. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are sharing a cell with Morsi. Yeah, basically waiting so to be. Let's hope, let's hope there is another Oldfield Index podcast soon, just to reassure the listeners out there. Um, everybody, remind everybody of your Twitter handles if you've got them. Um, I am at Hatton I've got Bob. I've got love handles, and that's all I can offer. So at love at lovehandle dot com. Um, I'm at Hattenbomb, H A T E M B O M B. Safe. And I'm at uh, at Kareem K A R I E M underscore E. No, I'm just at Liverpool Belarabi. <laughs> Liverpool B E L A R A B Y. So let us know what you guys think of this pod and um hopefully and then educate then let you. Me know. Yeah. Oh yeah, then we'll send a pigeon to Sammy. Um, <laughs> basically. But yeah, let us know how this is and um if there's any other hopefully you've answered all your questions about the Salah stuff. Because I don't think it's fully covered in media yet, but it might stop breaking tomorrow. Um cool, and it's been a pleasure chatting with these guys. Finally. And yeah, safe. We've got you as a regular fixture. Yeah, I'm here anytime. Just let me know. Cool, Brilliant. Cool, cool. Um, predictions for next week. By the while we're at it, Leicester, um, Leicester is away. Vardy, is Vardy banned? Yeah, he's two games left, isn't he? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be extremely disappointed if we can't pick up three points then. Yeah, I see a two 0 minimum. 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 By the way, did one just quick one, one before we go. Did you guys like see Allison and his chip over that player and think, yes. oh, oh my, oh my, oh my God! Imagine if that was Carius. Oh, Carius would have just tripped over. <laughs> Carius would have kicked would have it straight out into the goal. Yeah, it would have spun backwards into the goal. Actually, <laughs> so Carius is on record saying he wants to carry on dribbling. I don't know if that's like what he means, like crying after he's made a mistake or dribbling the ball, but he hasn't learnt his lesson clearly. But anyway, I hope it works out well for him. Yeah. Good luck, Besiktas. Good luck, Karius. <laughs> See you later. Or Fidehi, as we say in Arabic. <laughs> cool. Okay, guys. Right, let's shut this down and we hope to be plugging into your um, ears <laughs> within, the next, within the next week or two. Network.